Hello, and welcome to the most terrifying episode of Cult Film and Review that you will hear all Halloween season. Which, tonight, the Devil's Playground opens up in Germany, and only an American girl can stop it. Terror, like you've never experienced before. That can only be described as Suspiria. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turned into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's gone hard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Hey, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. I am your host, Cody Everett. Uh, do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review, subscribe to the page, or subscribe to our, our show, and, and get it quickly. <laughs> get it quickly. <laughs> do it. Uh, and then uh, do us a favor, head over to cultfilminreview.com, where you can put in your request for films for us to review. You can shop our shop. You can uh, watch all of our videos and see everything that's on there. It's all in one place, cultfilmandreview.com. And then, did I say leave us a review on iTunes yet? I think you might have, but, you know. Don't do it again. Bring it, bring, bring us around here. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. If you do, I will give you, or we will give you, not just me. fucking possessed. Yeah, I, here. I was taking yeah. it all over. Um, a shout out at the end of the show. And we got one to do. Which, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Wilmer. Hey, what's up? And Michael Solucio. Hello, everybody. Tonight we're talking about Suspiria. It was directed by Dario Argento. Came out in 1977, was filmed in Italy, uh, and has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is Mike's pick. Mike, why'd you pick Suspiria? It was just time. I really, like, it just was, right? Like, we, we kept getting this request from people. Yep. You know, it's a quintessential cult classic. Like, we just never got around to it, and... Guess what? It's Halloween, and I said, you know what? This is a pretty damn good Halloween. I'm glad film. you finally picked it because I've been wanting to pick it for so long, and I just I don't know why it doesn't happen. I'll tell you why. I just wanted to pick it before you. That's really what it was. <laughs> I figured. As I much. sensed I that fig- it was like going to be the next two picks, and I was like, I'm gonna scoop that shit. You scooped it just like I scooped <laughs> Evil Dead. You did scoop Evil yeah, Dead. Yeah, that's a that's a rebuttal scoop. Rebuttal scoop. That's funny. Uh, yeah, but that's the reason why, man. It just was time. It was time. We I, I agree because it. I ha- I I will honestly say I've never seen this film, and I, it's because I was for the last three years someone was going to pick it. <laughs> that's true, and it's never been picked, and I've just been waiting because I'm like, well, it's going to come up. It's going to come up, and you knew you couldn't steal it because somebody yeah. already claimed it. And it's that weird thing too, where it's like I've known of this movie for a very very long time, like since I was a teenager. But anytime anyone talks about Suspiria. They don't talk about Suspiria. It's like Fight Club. (laughs) It's like you have to like, they're just like, yeah, dude, Suspiria. It's one of the greatest horror films of all time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Leave you. you (laughs) Check it out. Okay. All right. (laughs) Really going to run off to see that one now. But that's how, for some reason, that's how this film is talked about, I feel like. Um, Kyle, have you seen this before? Yeah, absolutely. When did you see it? Um, the first time I saw it, I was probably, I don't know, 13, 14, and, uh, 
my brother Ryan got on a real Dario Gento kick, and like that was he all, the only movies he would buy. And I think at the same time, it might have been Anchor Bay was the company that was putting it out there, but they they started putting out the Dario Gento collection, so it was like double double features, like remastered for the time. So you know there was like Inferno and Phenomenon was in one kit, and then you had like Tenebrae and another one, another kit, and then. He just decided to get Suspiria because it was on its own. It wasn't released as a pack. So, gotcha. So, yeah, we just we we cranked through all them all actually together. And so that was probably about then. Chris, have you seen this before? Yeah, I saw it for the first time probably when I was like my early twenties. You know, it was kind of later for me. Um, and then I watched it another half a time. Like oh, another half. A yeah, time. like a year ago, I fell asleep. You know, like during the middle of it. Um, so I've seen it one and a half times. I didn't remember a lot, actually. There was, this time was, uh, you know, yeah, it was, felt unique. It felt new. Mike, when did you see it? I saw it, uh, like, around, like, maybe 15 or so. My uncle was, is, he's a really big, like, David Lynch fan, and, uh, he likes really weird, like, artsy, but also horror-inspired kind of films. Those are, like, the films he really likes. And I remember him telling me, oh, man, you've never seen Suspiria? And I was, no, he, he showed it for me and my brother, and I think I remember coming back with the film later on. Me and my brother watched it progressively more times uh, after he had shown it to us. Uh, because, I I mean, I feel like I watched it a lot through my 20s, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom showed me the... <laughs> Uncle uh, Tom, Brother Ryan. You know, Chris, you brought, you brought up a good point. You said, like, you, you didn't remember much, and, like, this time was kind of like the first time... A little bit, kind of got that vibe with it. this. Actually, this time watching it was actually felt like the first time for me because this the version that I put up on the Plex was the brand new 4K remaster that just yeah. came out. Oh yeah, and like watching this movie because I haven't I haven't seen that remaster yet until mm. you know a few nights ago. Like, dude, it's it's watching the movie for the first time because there's scenes where I didn't even realize like, oh shit, there's a face right there. I never even fucking saw that before. Yeah. Like it used to be so dark and grainy and. The colors were just insane this time around. Like they popped better than they ever had before. So. It's a like ridiculous. It's like I'm glad I watched goddamn piece of art. Yeah, I'm glad I got to watch the the top the top end shit. Then yeah, I mean the original they weren't bad, but there was like some of the, so like one of the effects I'll say or one of the moments that's right off the top of my head is um so when her uh, roommate or her friend is is Who? making huh? Who? Who Susie? Susie, thank you, Susie Bannon. The no, Bannon, no, no, the no, Bannon, no, 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 no. Sarah, roommate, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah, yeah. So when Sarah is making her way through the attic when she's being chased or pursued, she passes, she passes, uh, she goes past that door, and then behind her you see glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, like in the original version, I didn't even remember seeing glowing eyes. Yeah, like I just the was window, like mean, all right? of a sudden, like someone yeah. just got grabbed or out of nowhere. It's like what? <laughs> Where'd that come from? Now yeah. seeing it, it's like you can actually see like kind of the outline of a face. Same with the window shot at the beginning. You yeah. actually see like an outline of like a haggard looking face. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it, it was cool for me. It was like, and even the the arms. I realized that the harm, arms were all like gnarly and hair, hairy looking and shit. Yeah. So this film was shot with a. We've talked about this before on the show. An anamorphic lens. Steven Spielberg has used these mm-hmm. kinds of lenses before too. But that it, it was. It's like you could tell in this restoration, like when it when it would pan, mm. um, it had this really weird warped feeling yeah. to yeah, it, was it. Like a, it. It was like a wave going. Yeah, over the like screen. a wave, and it gave it a, a, such a more supernatural feel. I don't know if that was intentional or if that's just how it happened. You know, like transferring it and doing all like the color correction and stuff. But like. 
it, I actually think it was great for the. Yeah, film. I never noticed that sort of shit before either. So like, yeah, yeah even fine details like that got got cleaned up, and it really made me appreciate the the at least the technical side of it, and a lot of like the the effects that they were going for. Even like the stage blood, like looks so like so much more powerful and mm-hmm. red. The scale of the sets, even yeah, you know, it's. I mean, I know we're kind of getting ahead, but the scale of the sets is accentuated by you know like the especially s- with the lens too, because like there's a lot of those really like tall looking up shots and like the straight lines kind of have like a bend to them. Oh yeah, shit. it looks really cool. Yep. What is it technical for the end of the show, guys? Well, <laughs> we just touched on it. We will <laughs> dig in deeper. Set, yeah. Setting you up for some. Ah, they just use an anamorphic lens and a fifty millimeter uh, uh, two by four to put up there <laughs> and the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, you know you get excited about yeah. these things. So this it's weird that that this movie. Um, it, it's one of the like I was saying earlier. It's one of those ones that I've always heard mentioned, but it, it, just no one really tells you about. And then it's also getting a remake here very soon, right? The remake's coming out. Soon. Yeah, yeah, coming like, out when this episode drops. It'll come out the following week. I few think days so. After, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which I thought this is an interesting choice to, re- to for a remake of a film. Why? It, Why? Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry, Mike. Jump on it. No, I was actually going to agree with you. Actually, on that, I think yeah. it's a. Uh, I don't I don't I don't really get very uh like angry about remakes. Like I'm totally cool with remakes generally. Like when they did remade Ghostbusters, like I was like one of the people who were like, just give it a shot, man. Like who cares? Right? I I, I wasn't uh on that train. <laughs> okay. okay. I mean, because the original's so good, which is the point you're right, getting right. at. Yeah. Well, no, not no, really. No, 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 Chris, hold on. It's not really the point I was wow, trying to make. Chris. Like <laughs> so this film feels like it's so um it feels so like it comes so much from the heart of the director, like yeah. as the artist. Yeah, that I didn't. I don't. I. It's not that I don't. I'm against the idea of remaking the film as much as like. Well, why would you? Why would you do that? It'd be like remaking Holy Mountain. I was gonna ask you. I was gonna. Like, why, I was why, gonna why, say this. Like, why but, would you do it? But why? Yeah. yeah it's like exactly. It's like it's just. It's too personal. It's too stylized. It's too much like this person. Why would you attempt to try to remake it? I don't need to see it from somebody else's point of view. Right. Yeah, it's already it already feels like a piece of art, and it should yeah. just exist as it is, right? right you know, right, like right. visually, it feels versus like a Ghostbusters, piece of art. which is just a damn good film, and I was just like, all right, so it's either better or worse. Like I don't like I didn't care about that. Yeah. I could understand why they would remake that film. That made a lot of sense <laughs> yeah, to me. Yes, this one, it's like, why would they remake it? Like, what are they? Yeah, who, fans. Who, I who think wasn't fans. watching it before that they think it, they're gonna up like re, re the, like revitalize it in right. a way that now it's going to like bring in millennials or something like I don't understand the people who are watching this film are people that like this film I agree and, and that's the thing too is like wh- wh- if they're going to remake why the f- if you're a fan of this film you're not asking for a remake I feel like you're, yeah I agree and it's, yeah, like, it's so not why... like it's not like they're going after one of the like the like a major cash grab either because yeah. like you know they'll they'll remake Shit, though, I'm sure they'll be remaking fucking Marvel or different comic book movies in another five, ten years. Yeah, of and course it's they like, will. And it's like, okay, yeah, that makes total sense because Ghostbusters is a prime example. Like, that is a beloved film, but a pop culture film yeah, like that a makes... a bankable film. It makes yeah. money. A, f- a franchise. And yeah, yeah, I could easily bank on that. Money. You're, like, you're banking on a, a, a late 70s horror movie that is incredibly stylized, that is com- completely unique from anything American audiences would even understand when it came out versus even now, like, I don't see the reason behind it either other than whoever's doing it must be just that, have that hard on for the movie. That's what I was saying, a fan, a fan of the film, somebody who probably thought 
oh, I love this movie so much. Like, I would love to try my hand at it. But don't you think that's kind of the same as me in the last episode saying I'm better at writing a story than Stephen King and yes, Reed? I'm not disagreeing with, with the fact that maybe they shouldn't be touching this kind of stuff. You know, maybe we should just leave it as is and let it exist. Um, but I think, you know, when, when, when the, like, bringing in these kinds of films, like a remake of a film that people already know, you're already... you. Like you, yeah, you know it's obscure, but you are going to bank on those fans going to see that film and hopefully spreading the word about the new Suspiria mm-hmm. and bring in a, a younger generation. I think they are trying to keep it relevant. But here's the thing: like they just they they made this. There's this big to do about the 4K scan that they did of this because it's probably one of the best 4K scans that they've done of older movies. Like Night of the Living Dead's up there with like excellent 4K scans. Like it's relevant. It's in people's minds and stuff. It's like why. What what are you tr- what are you reaching for more uh, at this point? Like what what more are you well, hoping to get? Out I also of it? I also uh-huh. kind of agree with Mike. Like, not that the movie. I think the movie it is itself speaks for its like it speaks for itself to where it doesn't need a remake. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like you what what are you trying to recapture or change to yeah. make better? Because I, this is so. It, I agree. It is so. Gotta go see the movie to find out, yeah, Cody. Yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I, the only thing I can tell just from like the. Um, from the trailers and stuff. So, so Suspiria is like you know part of a it's a trilogy, the like the mother trilogy. So it's in Suspiria we deal with the the mother Suspiria and Oso, whatever the mother of I think it's Size or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then in in Inferno, which is the the next movie that Dario Argento made, was the mother of tears or some shit and then there's a third one that came out finally came out in 2007 that was like the end of the trilogy they're bringing all of those it seems like from the trailer like all of those mothers all exist in the same dance studio so that's the thing they think they're they're changing about it they're combining the trilogy into one film yeah and it looks like from the last trailer dropped like each one is going to affect the girl in a different way Mm. you know it's just Mm. I don't know it's just weird to me because like even even with the plot of this film, hmm. it like it, it's like more of an experience than it is like an actual like story. You know what I mean? Totally. Like there's so much to it that I just I just don't understand. Like even if that's true, and they're like, let's say, okay, we're gonna take these three things. You know, what would have been great if it was all put together in one film, right? Right. Like I feel like that that puts too much. This is so weird. Like logic to the film. Yeah. But I that what makes this film great is that it doesn't have a lot of that shit. Like there's not a big lore. And things aren't quite as explained mm-hmm. as maybe they could be. Yeah. And that's what makes it unique. And to now give it more structures to me seems like, well, now you're really missing the point. Right. Like I feel of. And that's what, what that's kind of, I think, what happened with Inferno. I mean, Inferno opens with um, the, I think it's the main character. She's reading a book called The Three Mothers. And that book basically, in the first 10 minutes, dumps the entire lore. <laughs> of these witches on the audience right away. Like, mm-hmm. all right, here's the entire backstory. Like, the book is written by the some Italian architect that built their three houses, and he built them before he realized it was up, so he wrote a book, and you know what I mean? Like, that, and that movie isn't as, nearly as good as Suspiria, and I think, I think you're right. I, I think Suspiria is a little bit more enjoyable of a watch because you don't, you're not, uh, Front loaded with all of that backstory and information, but we live in an age where people love they gotta hear the backstory, yeah, they like, gotta hear it all. I, okay, 
I, and I hate to go back to the thing, but like it, it'd be like I guess a better example also would be like if you tried to remake a racer head. But this time we're gonna like give everybody like specific backstories and we're gonna explain why the world looks all That's exactly what would it happen. It becomes not an experimental yeah, film. It's not experimental anymore. It yeah. just becomes like, all right, cool, we're making a pop culture. That's exactly phenomenon. what would happen if yeah. it was remade. You would have all this weird backstory and she's like did you watch the original film or do you have zero trust in audiences to have a sense of creativity in their mind i do like i won't lie to you i do want to go see the remake though just to be like what are you trying to do with this (laughs) definitely i'm definitely interested in seeing it yeah i don't want to say that i'm not interested yeah i'm definitely gonna see it for sure it's and and it's less it's not i don't want to make it sound like i'm angry about it because i'm fucking not i don't give a shit yeah remake whatever you want it's gonna but happen anyways. It's just one of those films it's where like, I was like, you... I didn't understand why. Yeah, it's like, what are you trying to achieve with a remake? Like, other remakes make sense. Like, the Ghostbuster remake makes sense because, again, it's a franchise, right? And they're yeah. just trying to yeah. keep the franchise yeah. alive. Right. It always was. Right. Yeah. yeah and, <laughs> and then, like, the same thing. And it's like the, um, what's the one that, you know, same thing with Halloween. Like, they're just, okay. Yeah. I mean, fuck, let's look at the, a simple example is like Fantastic Four. I mean, yeah. They, they, the only reason a remake happened was so they could hold on to the rights. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, a lot that's of it. the case with some of these, with and, these and, films. It's just, and it just feels like with Suspiria, it's like, well, are you just trying to make an artsy film with the same story? <laughs> yeah. Is that like, I think a fan of Dario Argento, like, t- decided at some point in his film career he wanted to tackle yeah, it. Yeah, but you it's, know? it's like, not a good idea, though. We've seen other directors attempt so, that but, with other classics like Halloween. So let's ask that question. <laughs> That's true. And you're fuck it up. A fan, a fan <laughs> doesn't always make the best. <laughs> so, Chris, you're a fan of Jodorowsky. Yes. Would you ever try to remake no. one of his films? No, because, like, for me to even think that I could go as deep as Jodorowsky so did so on his film like I to redo that's that that's what I'm talking like, about like that's a weird thing about it because I feel like if you're a fan of certain things like if, let's be honest the first people to complain about a remake of something are the fans of the old one yes. right mm-hmm. they're gonna re, re, you know so it seems odd to me that somebody might be a super fan and be like you know what I think I could do it better than him. <laughs> I've, or, seen, I've seen this I movie a hundred times. Yeah. I know where he went wrong. You know what? Like, I could twi- I could make this a little different. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, why would you? Yeah. Don't you think maybe like J.J. Abrams was kind of that way? J.J. Uh, Abrams has uh, Spielberg yes. uh, stuff, but he hasn't remade a Spielberg film as far as I know. It's true. Yeah. He did Star Trek, right? He does. I mean, like, well, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, talking about the difference, of, yeah, see, about the difference of like yeah. a legitimate fan of film paying homage to the filmmakers before him. I mean... I mean, Quentin Tarantino is like the biggest person in, yeah. in that category, right? He right. he definitely borrows shots and, and sure. ideas and concepts, but he's really paying homage to these to these filmmakers. He's not he's not going to like completely outright remake fucking you know Lone Wolf and Cub. You know that's a samurai series, right? He'd make his that. own film. He would borrowing. make his own film and kind of pull elements from that that he that he really admires and he thought was done really like well and thought provoking. He like, also gives credit where credit's due, so it's you're not like he you never could, own. Yeah, yeah he never he's, just yeah. like he'll tell you mine. flat out where he got. Yeah, it he's from. not going to say I came up with <laughs> yeah. the but idea. But I, I do wonder what the 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 direction again of the director because I don't feel, feel like again if you're putting money into this film, I, if someone came to me and they're like, "Hey, I want to re- remake Spirit because I can make it better." I'd be like, no, you can't because of this. Wasn't I'm not going to give you money. Like greenlit around the same time that news dropped about the 4K scan being being done. I wonder uh, if it's some. Time. I wonder if some studio exec was like, I just read about that movie. Yeah, let's do that. People are excited about that. No, yes, I'm, I'm sure. It's I, I would. Like that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, no. Apparently, this movie tried. Uh, somebody was going to try to make it in like 2008, and it just fell through. Right. I. I mean, look. I. I, I always believe there is somebody that's trying to remake something. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was you actually know? like a big yeah. director that it was like, uh, God, I'll, I'll look it up. Continue. Yeah, who's directing the remake now? Does anyone know? Well, we're talking a lot about the remake. Yeah. <laughs> Just realized. <laughs> it has something, or I, I, he has something to do with Tilda Swinton because he works with her quite a bit and she's going to be in this remake. He's it, an Italian director, isn't he? Yeah, it? his name is Luca yeah. Guadagnino. And uh, he did a lot of films. He did Call Me By Your Name. It really nailed that one. He did Call Me By Your Name, okay. which was like an Oscar-nominated yeah. film. Yeah. Okay. yeah um, right. He did some other things with Tilda Swinton. Like, he, apparently, they like to work together. Either, either way, it'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting Look, to I, see. Look, yeah, I'm, like, I, I'm definitely interested in seeing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have no uh, issues with uh, no, I, I'm not whatever ma- reason. I'm not he, mad about it. I'm just, did. I'm wondering, I'm, in, I'm more interested in the approach that they're going to take towards this rather than, than like, the film itself, I guess, like the remake itself. Like, I'm not mad about the remake. Remake I mean, what you want. I'm in the same boat of that. Like, remake what you want. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't really care if I if I don't get mad because I'm like, I'll just go watch the fucking original if I like the original better. Yeah. Like, I don't get mad about it. So I'm just more interested of like, as a filmmaker who's who decided to remake this film. Like, what are what are you what are you after? Like, that's what I'm interested to see. Yeah. So you know, Suspiria coming out in the theaters next weekend. Make sure you go see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing There's is, a commercial yeah, right after yeah. that. he's done a ton of films before this. It's not like he's like first time no. filmmaker, no, you know, yeah, sort of deal. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it'll be it will be interesting to see. And we should probably figure out what Suspiria is about the the, the one we're reviewing. Yeah, from yeah. nineteen seventy seven. We should get into that <laughs> with plots with Mike. Are you sure we didn't just discuss it already? <laughs> I feel like we've been talking for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Suspiria, it's about a, uh, it's a girl named Susie. Uh, she is an American. She travels to Germany uh, because she wants to go to this prestigious dance studio. Uh, she the gets ballet the- academy. Yeah, correct, yeah. Um, and she she gets to the house late at night, and, like, no one will let her in. It's raining, it's stormy, and she sees this uh, other student, uh, presumably a student, run out of the building, and she's running around, and then uh, she drives back to a hotel, uh, and then I guess the next day they she goes back up to the school to get in, and uh, they're like the student never gets found again. The one that she found running off. No. Uh, so that's your first hint that like there's something off about this place. And then kind of progressively throughout the thing, there's a big moment where some maggots come through a ceiling mm. because some rotted food yeah. is up in the uh, attic. Yeah. I assume, and uh, they have to put them in this like weird quarantine area. They all have to sleep on the dance floor area where they all dance, and. Uh, that's where things start getting really weird because they start talking about like the history of this place and who uh, that one of the women was like kind of like a like a witch or one that has basically an evil history, so to speak. Uh, and that you get these hints that uh, some weird things are going on in the background. All the teachers seem weird, and uh, I mean, I a mean, lot of hints. <laughs> She would have read the fucking synopsis. I did read the synopsis. <laughs> He's pretty much dead on, like. <laughs> like I mean, we could go into detail about how she goes to see like a you know I mean, a doctor know. and historian and shit, <laughs> and, you know. Okay, and he starts telling them about the freaking coven. You know, I I, I know the points, the but like I mean, really between all of that, it really is like she gets caught up in this weird scenario. She knows some creepy shits going on, and then more and more people get murdered, and then she, you know it gets more serious, and she finishes figures it out. It's a mystery. <laughs> It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Dark mystery. That's it. I just started a new segment called Kyle Wraps Up My Plots with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so an American girl goes to a German ballet school. She befriends another student who realizes that there's some sort of plot involving witches and sorcery, and uh, that takes her down a path of intrigue. 
It's uh, not fun that way. That wasn't entertaining. Yeah, that wasn't very entertaining at all. Uh, I, I, I should be. I should be right. Plots with Kyle. I should yeah. be right in the back of boxes. I swear. Yeah. People. People come to the show for plots with Mike because it's entertaining. <laughs> okay. Nobody. They don't no, want. Hey, look. Nobody watches a NASCAR race because they're not trying to <laughs> see the cars crash. We should, we, should, okay? we should change it to may, maybe plots with Mike. <laughs> That's the best part about Partial it. Partial plots with Mike. Yeah. yeah there you go. Or plots with Mike? Question mark. <laughs> plots with Mike? You decide. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about Suspiria from 1977, not the remake, which is coming out in theaters next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, Miss Tanner. Susie. Good morning, Madam Blank. I've got good news for you. We have it all arranged. Your room is ready for you. Oh. Isn't that marvelous? You can move in today if you like. But I'd rather stay at Olga's, if it's okay. Doesn't matter to me, my dear, but in your letter of enrollment, you said you'd be boarding at the school. I know, but... The room is free now. Uh, well, I didn't think it was so important. As you wish. If that's what you want, so be it. Yeah, so, again, this is uh, this Jessica Harper. This is right after Phantom of the Paradise. This is her second film, I believe. Yeah, I think. Definitely cast because of Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, and man, she is just... Can I just say she's a very beautiful lady. She's pretty. She's very she, pretty. She looks very nice, like sweet, like a sweet <laughs> lady. She does, look, she does look sweet. She yes. Does. Well, she has that girl next door look, and I think that was kind of perfect for this film, especially wanting to build the suspense of like what's going on with her, and that never really gets answered either. What do you mean? What's going on with her? Like I don't know why she's like. Wh- I don't understand why they're drugging her. What's What's the importance of her? Of keeping her drugged and in, in, like, what is the importance of it? I don't understand. Maybe this is just the standard hazing. Yeah. Every, every new student goes through it. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, she's well, so, wasn't she, maybe it's the connect. Is it because she has what? a connection? Like, she makes a connect. Does it because she gets sick? When? I'm, I'm putting it together now. She, yes, she becomes, she falls ill, like, because right she, when she gets there. Yes. No, the reason why is because she's walking and she sees the little boy and the um, cook. We'll yeah. say, um, and she gets like she gets that fe- she gets a feeling, and it goes witch, and she starts feeling sick. Then those two are in the covenant. I'm putting it all together now. Now I'm piecing it together. So I feel like they know that she knows something. They they sense that she sends something. So they're trying to. Well, I think drug it, I her. think it goes back to the fact that she was present when the. Um, Initial girl runs away, and she was present, and she heard what she was talking about. So I think they were kind of a little concerned yeah. about well, her knowing something. More. Why not just kill her sooner then? Why would you? Why would you? Why not? Just why ki- would you kill Page an one. American girl who just arrived? They're doing it left and right, Kyle. <laughs> they're not doing it left and right, and they're not killing any American girls. They killed, what's her name? What's her name? In the, is it Kelly? No, it wasn't Kelly. What was the girl's name? At the beginning? Yeah. She was like from Eastern Europe or some shit. Okay, so she, she runs she out of the building. She runs away from the school, yeah. which gives them, which gives them an alibi. Was do we Pat? find out why does that girl, why is she, what, what happened to her? Do well, we, we, we find that at the end of the film. The yeah. girl is the one that discovers the secret room right, that leads down right. to the re- layer mm-hmm. where the um, the mass, the headmistress is she, at. She basically is the foreshadowing she, of Jessica Harper's story. Yes. Uh, and uh, you know, and discovering what's actually going on at the school, yeah, okay, that yes. makes sense. 
But but uh, but with the witches, okay, we know that they're witches. If you've seen this movie, we know that that's what kind of what this is about. Are 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 attacking people super her specifically in the beginning supernaturally. Um, but there is also a killer. It seems. Yeah. Well, the, who there's never really revealed either I, who the killer I mean, I is. Think, I don't know. I don't. Think who do it's, you think? I think it's any one of the. It's any one of coven. one of one of the coven. It's definitely one of the guys. It's either the well the, the, in, in one situation it's a guy, in another situation it's yeah, the other. It's, it's the, the other lady. Uh, lady. Are yeah. they supernaturally projecting themselves to that location, using their power to project themselves to that location to? kill whoever they need to I kill. Think, I think they do because, I mean, towards the end, I mean, you know, they try to do a spell on Jessica Harper's character, or on um, Susie's character, and uh, they try to kill her that way. So I imagine they had the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they at the beginning, yeah. They I can think, make her sick. I think the, I mean, the, initial, <laughs> the initial death, um, the initial girl that dies, I think, I, I would say, yeah, they probably use some sort of, you know, projection to get them onto the rooftop. Um, the one that's in the attic, I don't think that was a projection. I think that woman, we clearly see that person grab a fucking razor knife right, and like go heading up after her. Yeah. Okay. So you think it's a mix of supernatural abilities and a mix of them actually yes. coming after these people? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Because okay. I, I don't know, the, the, I don't know that whole... everybody can do magic, can they? No, no. I, don't, I don't think everybody can. Um, and I think the whole goal, I mean, the whole goal of what they're doing is... To protect the secret and yeah. to protect the eldest, yeah, the Black Queen, yes. right? Yeah, because if she goes, yeah, the they whole all go. Coven goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's As their power. She's were. their source yeah. of power. See, my question was: Did they think that Jessica Harper was going to be the new source of power? Like, did did, did they sense some kind of ability in her? That they were going to try to convert that's, her or use her. That's what the, that's what I got, and that's why they were drugging her, is because she could somehow supernaturally sense things from them. And that's why it was like she got sick from looking at two of them in the covenant and may have not understood why she got sick. But her, They made a connection her, at that point. There was some yeah. connection there, so they're like, fuck, drug her until we figure out what to do with her. I don't think that's her. the case. I think, I, I think it's more so they feel threatened by her. A, like I said, she kind of heard a little bit of what was being discussed when the girl was leaving the building so she's already like tipped off okay there's, there's something weird going on in this place she's also an, an incredibly strong-willed woman that is like it is you know I, I think maybe there's a threat there I don't they don't they drug her before they they know that she no, heard the she, thing. She's no. The first thing she says when she arrives at the ballet is like, yeah. "I saw that woman leave. I she said something, but I couldn't make it out." And, she, and then yeah. immediately is like, "Fuck that." Okay, she she she's a a witness and b might have even and heard some shit. Like let let's figure out this whole situation, right? All these girls are showing up to this prestigious dance school. Yes. I don't think all of them are getting killed. No. Well, this was going to be why I was raising my hand just now, because what is the purpose of the school, okay? is, is it, It's a ballet These academy. girls are not involved at all in what is going on no. behind the scenes. The, the school is literally just a cover to hide the coven. Yes. So okay. the school originally started life as a, as a school for dance and black magic or the black or the mystical arts. Or in the movie as it's called? Occult. Occult. The, the occult, yes, occult. <laughs> so that's witches. that's what originally started life. It changed. It it changed. Like all the all the 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 witches that these that these three films focus on. They're all their whole thing is pulling the strings from behind the scenes, right? So that's why they shifted towards being just a prodigious ballet studio. It, 
the the professor states states in the film like the whole like their like end goal is to amass as much money as they can and mm-hmm. be as wealthy as they can. Having the most pre- prodigious ballet school would certainly help you with that along the way. So with that in mind, the main goal that it, they would kill anyone at all is to keep attention away from the school and keep people from discovering the truth. Yeah. Like the whole reason they kick out the blind piano player because of the dog attack. I mean, that's going to raise attention. That's yeah. going to bring people around that they don't want there. The the police showing up, like that was like a big deal and like they were they were quick to dismiss that they knew anything at all and they were quick to get rid of the cops as well. I I I agree. I agree that they wouldn't want any attention on the school because they're hiding yeah. a big dark secret. Um this is also, well, you just brought up this whole thing. Okay, so so some of the characters that we're introduced to are the little boy, who is, I'm guessing, the nephew of the of the lead, not the lead witch, but no. the one who yeah. is like the face of the school. Yes. And there's this German shepherd, you know, and they make a big deal about, you know, the German shepherd comes in later with the blind man, but... Madame Blanc. I, but, yes. but yes, okay, Madame so Blanc. there is a scene that, you know, off screen, this dog apparently bites this boy, and it's right. this big deal. And you know, not 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 to mention, like the little boy looks like there's something weird with him. There's something up. He's got a real Damien aspect. To it's that goddamn yeah. outfit. Yeah, and the haircut and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. And and so you know, they make this big deal. And and I'm just wondering, is was the big deal about the dog biting the kid just that they didn't want attention, or is there was supposed to be more to that? Because that just felt like. I felt like that was going to go somewhere else or like later we were going to see the kid and he was going to be all fucking like mangled or something, or it was going to have more to do with the story than it actually no, I did. Think it's, I think it's as simple as this. I think it was, um, the dog bit the kid. They were legit angry about that. Uh, the blind pianist gets mad cause he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is my service dog. He's, Never bit anybody before, but this kid's a demon, so that's probably what you, I think it's Don't obvious. Bit him because of that, because of that, and he leaves, and then the the coven sees that as a threat because he's been working so closely with them, and he's he going to draw attention. He even proclaims as he's leaving, yeah. yes. "I might be blind, but I can hear. Oh, right. I hear everything." Yeah. So yeah, so they so they display their power by attacking him. Yeah, they kill him because he's a threat. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So okay. they bewitch the dog. Okay. Basically. So the dog, the whole part was just a setup Dude. for. The, to raise the stakes, essentially. Right. Later yeah, I think, on. I think it establishes that the coven's like influence stretches beyond the school. Yeah, okay. like the whole okay. they can yeah. be anywhere; they can kill anybody. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick on that dog scene too. Um, first, at first, I was like, "Great way to build up tension." I'm like, who's going to come out of nowhere and kill this dog and this guy? Mm-hmm. And then the dog attacks the the blind guy, um, and it looks like. It looks like seventy seven. You know what I mean. It looks like a. You know. It looks doesn't I mean, look great. Doesn't look, look great. I'm just gonna make a blanket statement right now. In the seventies, Italian cinema and prop animals never look good. Yeah, <laughs> did, did, never look good. That didn't look good. But then it does this like <laughs> the shot of where you don't see the body. You just kind of see the neck and the dog, the live dog ripping at it. Yeah. yeah. It's so fucking disgusting. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that scene. Dude. I was like, God damn, he just keeps holding I on I was that. like, you went, you went from so fake to, yeah, holding on that dog, eating that neck for a while, and it just is like ripping the flat, and yeah. it looks so real. Oh, I God, mean, let's dude. be honest. Every kill is held on yeah, in this film. Like, like, that's what part of, I feel like, what really makes it horrifying is that they really stretch those kills on and the, that, those gore scenes for a lot longer than we're and used the, and, to. And I like, uh, yeah, and the thing that I like is they don't cut away from the, the cut. Like, the 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 girl who, um, uh, Sarah, when, when she gets killed, 
And she's like kind of tangled up in that whatever that bundle of wire is. You said piano wire. I think that makes sense. I yeah, I could. That's a lot of piano wire. I think it's I think it's supposed to be I something mean, sharp. I, no, because her body afterwards is more cut up. Like when it's dead. Yeah, piano wire is pretty fucking. Yeah, I mean, uh, audition that guys. Fucking sharp. <laughs> as fuck. If you got caught in a net of piano wire, I don't think you'd be. Uh, yeah, happy. especially if it's tangling up. Yeah. But yeah. like when when she finally makes her way through that. Really unkempt piano wire room. Let's just be honest. Yeah, Whoever's yeah. taking care of that's yeah. doing a shit job. <laughs> and she gets her. She her, she finally dies from getting her throat slit. Man, at like I I know they cut into like a fucking. They had to cut into like a hog or something for that shot. But it was gross seeing it split open like that. You know. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. That's the most impressive. The, the close up cut shots. The all the gore mm-hmm. is like really well done. And yeah. Yeah, same with the dog. I, they either gave that dog goddamn. Uh, you know, poorer house or something like that. And told to go to town. I don't know. Like I mean, you could tell it's house. real flesh, though. Yeah, it's flesh from something. Yeah, yeah, it, no doubt. Like, I mean, I think I think that's kind of what like sets sets the Argento films apart is that he never shies away from oh, the bloody, gruesome man. details. Like, even you know, like, <laughs> but he shoots them the, uniquely. Though. Yes. Well, the maggots coming through the ceiling. Like, mm-hmm. I felt super grossed out. Even like the close ups of the feet walking on him and stuff. Yeah. Like the way he. The, the the view he gives you of the grotesqueness really I, makes your skin crawl, for lack worst, of a better term. I thought the worst part about that scene was when Jessica Arp is pulling the one out of her hair, mm. and then she looks at the comb, and they're all embedded oh, in the comb. It's like, yeah. oh, you've been combing these motherfuckers out of your hair. Oh, like, God. oh, that was disgusting. The, uh, the one that got me that I felt bad for the actress was, I was like, oh, they didn't put... They didn't put candy glass on that window break, did they? Just shoving her face up against it, and it's like oh, all yeah. just like smashed up against the glass see, until it breaks. I, I think that was on purpose, though. I think yeah. it was to it make holds, it seem more intense no, because it holds. Again, that's another kill where it just holds on that shot mm-hmm. for a very long time. Like oh, a really part. creative kill too. Like yeah, the way yeah. he throws the noose around her waist and it just. Whoosh, Catches up on her neck. This is one of the most through. iconic parts of this film, I feel yeah. like, is the opening of the movie where she falls through the stained glass. Just, yeah, just the stained glass. And like the whole Dude. the whole visual of it with all the colors and everything. It looks so, this, yeah. so amazing. The stained glass with her fucking dead head laying, like just the, just the head laying back. I'm actually doing it, so I'm mm-hmm. going away from the mic here. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like that's such a fucking cool looking scene. And just the head poking through, and you just see it from the bottom of of. I that don't was know my what favorite that shot. It was her looking up and just seeing a head popping through the stained yes. glass. And then I like how the stained glass almost—it looks like it. I don't know if that's how stained yeah, glass works, but it like melts away yeah. as she falls through it. That looked really cool. Well, and 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 not to mention the the bonus kill that you get with all the shards of glass going through that woman's body. Yeah. I mean that I don't know what it is with glass and. And, and yeah, Italian films, but they do it well and yeah, they make they it look brutal. Do it much better than hardware, I'll say that. <laughs> any shot I can get on a, on a hardware mic, I'm gonna take it. Sorry. So uh, that that scene is this thing that's only happened to me twice in life. It's a uh, what I call the switch to vegetable scene. Like you're eating. Which scene? Uh, the uh, hanging scene. The okay. first like major super death. Okay. Um, two times I've seen gore. To the point where I'm eating like either a roast beef sandwich <laughs> or something, and I immediately it makes me s- realize so realistically that it's flesh that I it clicks on in my head that I'm eating another thing's flesh, <laughs> and then I switch to like Brussels sprouts or something like that because I Being can't. Too aware, it grosses like, me out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other one was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, oh. ripping the dude's heart out. Yeah. I was like like a eight year old kid and You're I was like... eating a roast beef sandwich. <laughs> 
and immediately like the meat started tasting differently <laughs> because I started seeing your fucking balls deep in that hoagie. Oh, I'm, like, <laughs> like, I'm eating like a like a dead animal. Well, speaking of hearts, that was a scene that I that was a shot I forgot yeah. about yeah, in this too. movie. And when I saw that, I was like, I cringed. I was like, I've never actually seen a heart being stabbed and ripped open. Yeah. and look that that bloody. And I was just like, that makes mm-hmm. me want to like cur- like just curl up for a second. So I got a question for you. Do you think this is a giallo? film oh so i've read i've read a lot of articles going uh, both ways and i'm really interested to hear where yeah i would like okay like where where i stand on it is it's like it's a supernatural film but with giallo elements those elements mostly exist really the with this initial kill that that initial kill is pure giallo right off camera just hands coming out and cutting and stuff and stabbing but it kind of drifts away from that a little bit throughout the rest of the film. I don't know if I would classify it as such, though. I would classify this as a supernatural horror film. Okay, but Giallo it, films ca- carry they do they do the POV thing throughout the entire film, and it's all this. I feel like there's more mystery in a Giallo film, but I feel like that's what this film is is nothing but a mystery tale because it does open with that with that where you think, okay, I initially thought while watching this film like. Even though it di- it literally fucking screams at you in the beginning of the film, which um, <laughs> that I'm like, okay, but s- somehow this is gonna go the witch element, but it's also about a serial killer, like, mm-hmm. like that's what I initially thought, and then as it goes on, I'm like, okay, now it's not about a serial killer, but what is it about? Because she heard these words at the door. And there's this other weird yeah. stuff happening in this super. So now I'm trying to figure out who are the witches. Is it one witch? Is it more than witch? What does this witch look like? How are we going to get to? I mean, this? isn't you know a I mean? giallo like, really like gi- giallo is yellow? Right? It is. Well, Gia- but giallo based stands off- for yellow, based off the yellow pulp crime novel. Correct. Like the cover was yellow. Right. So right. And and if we're going off of if we're using that as the basis, I mean, most classified quote giallo films are exactly that. They're these these mystery crime films. Um, this movie, I don't, I mean, it's got some mystery, but I also feel like some other, like the one that sticks in my head the most from Dario Gento is Tenebrae. Mm. That movie has so many more misdirects than this one. I mean, from the get go, you assume just by the performances that these dance instructors, there's something off with them and it doesn't really misdirect you away from that theory. But this film does it. Yeah. I think there's moments I I would agree with you on that because I would think there is moments where they kind of want you to be like I don't know is Susie just imagining all of this and then I feel like there's like there's definitely more parts where they're like no she's not I think real. at the time <laughs> it was more of a mystery than it is now we've all seen too many movies and we can pick that stuff out a mile away like who's the bad guy and who's the good guy but I think at the time there maybe was more mystery to the story. Yeah, but I would even I I, I can't wait till I, I like what you said because we can pick this shit out because I can't wait because I'm going to pick Tenebrae. That's my favorite Argento movie, and I can't wait to see. I've seen that movie a couple of times, and I keep forgetting who the killer is in that one. <laughs> like it's done so well, it misdirects yeah. so fucking good. I think this movie is what you said—a supernatural horror film with giallo elements, and yeah. I just think that, like, they just kind of peppered that in there because maybe Argento was known for doing this well, or he just liked the genre and he wanted to include it as part of the story because it's just something he enjoys. I, I don't think that it's a straight-up giallo film, though. I think it's more of a horror supernatural. What about you, Mike? Where are you at? You're making faces. I, don't know. I think it certainly checks all the boxes. 
of a giallo film, right? Like, American student comes to a foreign country. She feels like the you know, there's obviously someone killing mm -hmm. multiple people. Uh, people are trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I mean, there definitely is a mystery aspect to it. Sure. Right? Like, yes, it's supernatural. I don't know that that necessarily disqualifies a GLL film just because it may be of a supernatural origin. Yeah. I don't know I, that that's I don't know if I would disqualify, but if I would if I I mean you've seen a you've seen a handful. Yeah. So yeah. like when you watch what what could be classified as a straight giallo film and you watch this, I mean <laughs> there's got to be some sense of disconnect, right? I mean some, but like there but again like watching it again cuz you know like I've heard the debate uh was before I I saw this again. And of course now that debate was running through my head throughout this entire movie. Like looking for the for the points, yeah. and like even to your point where you're like, yeah, you know, normally the killer is like point of view. I just realized that like there are a lot of fucking there are a lot of camera work shots in this that um that could potentially be point of view that it's clearly to try to show that somebody's watching them. Sure, like when they're in the in the pool. I thought the same thing. Yeah, and and you're sitting there, <laughs> and, and that's something actually that I never noticed until just now. Right, and I think it's because I was looking at it, I was like. Oh yeah, that makes a yeah, lot he more does a, sense. He does a good job of placing cameras in like odd angles and odd areas of like hallways and rooms. Yes, and it does create the perspective of somebody's watching. So I'm like, I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to definitively say like, yeah, obviously it's a good job of him. I what I am trying to say is that I do feel it checks all the boxes. So why? Yeah. Couldn't be, dude. But, I just, I just let me interject here really quick. Here I literally just googled Giallo film, and the first movie that came up was Suspiria. Yeah, but but so I've, it's like I don't know. Like no, I but, mean, but yes, people, it is, but but it, people argue that whether or not this is Giallo film the same way that people argue whether like modern horror is like horror or not. This like, definitely Chris, has Chris, elements Chris, of Giallo. I, I okay. saw your Google search results, and yes, while Suspiria was listed first in the top bar. Uh, so was every single Dario Argento yeah. movie. The li then, the list from what I saw was ten films, and nine of them were his. And so now I'm at the Wikipedia Wikipedia page, and it's definitely listed under G a Giallo sure. film. Not that that is definitive by any means, but like people tend to think that this has Giallo influence. Right. Obviously, let me tell you, that's something. the debate. The debate, like Mike brought up, the debate is people kind of ask the question: Well, is it really or is it not? Chris, right. let me let me tell you something. As the least educated person on Giallo films in this room, maybe even you can include all our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to definitively say this is a Giallo film, so okay. I think that matters most. Right. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, there we go. I'm glad we have somebody on the other side of the spectrum. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I do, because I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Okay. Good enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I've seen about What are we two, debating for, I've guys? seen about two Giallo films, including this one. So <laughs> you got it. It feels like you've seen one and a right. half. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think we had the same debate though, even yeah. on phenomenon. I, I think we did. I think we did ask just because of the supernatural element of it. Kind yeah, of throws the old kind well, of yellow. I feel like the mold a little bit, and it was mostly about that monkey's butt. It was about that blooming onion. <laughs> That's true. There was no monkey Red butts hot. in this one. <laughs> there were no blooming onions. No. So, the, Chris, do you think this movie has a lot of Mister X? 
Uh, you know, I kind of brought it up earlier. I didn't know what the whole point of the dog and the boy was. I thought that was like going to be a bigger story. There was going to be more supernatural element to the to the little kid's character. I thought he was, you know, thought there was going to be more about that. Like maybe he was like the oldest one of you know the witch. There was like some yeah. weird shit. Real, you know what I mean? Real like near dark situation. I was just going to say the same <laughs> fucking thing. I mean, I mean, kind of like if we're talking about witches and we're talking about you know eternal life and shit and trying to like have power. I was like, what is this little boy? What's his significance? Significance to the story, like you know, or why is he here? Well, uh, the witches technically don't age, so I I didn't know this. So I like I said, there's three films in his trilogy, and I never saw the one that came out in 2007. But apparently, that movie opens with, um, I guess, uh, the mother of the main character of that film in some sort of supernatural battle with the witch in Suspiria, Mother Suspirian or whatever. And through that battle, that causes her to become haggard and near death, which is why they're like more protective of her in Suspiria. I guess it's supposed to be the full circle thing. She's essentially wounded. Damn, dude. They're yeah. like power yeah. rangers. These witches are like power rangers. it was rangers. the fire that, that made her that look like that. Yeah, that's what I thought too. They said they burned her. No, she faked her death in a fire. Oh, I thought she actually burned. Yeah, but no, she didn't no, die. She, the, the, if true. you look up the lore, she 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 was she was getting persecuted so much that she faked her own death. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, okay. and then she went into hiding. Yeah. So I thought that kid's character was kind of a misdirect for me because I I wanted it to be so much more. And also, like, do we get any backstory on the on the servant guy and what no. he what he is? And... He was ugly <laughs> and got new teeth. I I don't want to. I I feel like you don't have to have the mystery to to have misdirect. Does that make any sense? Like. If you've seen like a cure, a cure for wellness, like that movie, once you watch it, like you know some shits, di- like something's up. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows something's up, but the mystery of that film is not so much like is something up, like it's how is something fucked up, you know? Right, right. Like you want to figure out like how deep does you it go? know that that fucking hospital's evil. Like you know everybody's up to some shit, but who's like the main? How why right. is this all happening? Right, sure. And right, I feel right. like this film is like that too. Like you walk in, you know something's up. Yeah, just you know? the people they choose to right. be in the school. Like, just give the question you that. is like, well, so what is going on? If this, if something's wrong here, mm-hmm. what the fuck is it that's actually wrong? Yeah, right? that's what, and that's what kept me going with this movie, right? Because, I mean, to be, to to be honest with this, I think the weakest that the probably the weakest thing in this movie is the story. Ah, I, I disagree with you. I think, I mean, compared to the production side of it, yes. like I would agree. Mm, you got to narrow down story though, because I think the story overall is solid. We know what the story is. That I think subtle elements around it are pretty are weak. I would say maybe like the that script, the dialogue, dialogue is a little weak. Yeah, in this sure. movie. But I mean, overall, yeah. like I know the story. I, I watching it one time. I know. I know what the story I, is. But it's also it's also billed as a mystery film, so there's going to be little things like the kid and the dog that you think, oh, maybe this is supposed to take me somewhere. Like I feel like I feel like the story actually worked best on Chris because he thought there was going to be other elements to it, and that's just the director that's the director throwing him for a loop. Mm-hmm. It possibly, and, and maybe he did it intelligently, or I, I don't know. I, that's why I thought maybe it was just like a missed moment, you know, but. He's kind of a master, so he probably thinks about this stuff. There's and but there's so much like there's also a lot of the story is told just visually though. Well, that that's why I want to yeah. disagree with you a little bit on you know this concept that maybe the the, the story isn't a strong point. Uh, yes, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Was I feel like so much of this film is is shot visually and it's told visually. Mm-hmm. Um, 
just because it wasn't dialogue doesn't necessarily mean that it was mm-hmm. necessarily crafted badly. And right. then two, like translation being understood. Like I don't want to yeah. shit all over the dialogue. That is because true. I don't know an Italian film that doesn't well, translate weird hold on. like that this. is true. Hold on. Earlier though, I did read a trivia of his own IMDb, so take it for that. But the trivia was that he originally wrote this for like twelve year olds. And they said, no, you got to use like 20 year olds. So, because of the gore. And he's like, okay, but didn't change the script. Yeah, but I so mean, like, like every, every Italian film has like these weird, like the way they translate it's so, yeah. I feel like, specific. He does have a point with that, especially yeah. stuff from like the late 70s and the early 80s. Like, yeah. a lot of Italian films, especially that are dealing with like, Suspense or mystery and drama, like there's just there's some stuff I'm just like well, I don't know I, if it was supposed to come off that way. Yeah, I feel like in Italian it comes off much smarter be- when you speak the language, but like yeah. when it's translated, it comes off like more simplistic to us because they're maybe using very simple a very simple translation as to what they're saying. I think the well, I, I, the maybe context. This, maybe I this is. Off, I think. Sorry if we if I missed it, but like. Uh, yeah, the visuals are coming first in this movie. Like, yeah. I feel like like scenes are set up around a visual, like yes. a visual that he wants to get across. I feel like, uh, like for example, when they go to sleep in the uh, common area, and you know they put up the sheets all around the yeah. room, and it all turns red when the lights go off, and like I don't really know what that scene had to do with anything. Like, they, I, I know there was supposed to be. She told this whole story about this woman, and she recognized the snore and all this stuff, right? But I'm like, where does that where does that tie in? Does that tie in later? Do I yeah. am I missing so, it? Yes. it? It does tie it does tie in layer layer later. But I agree with you on this watch on this pass through. That scene is kind of just shoved in, and as an audience member, like we don't necessarily have the right context to fully grasp grasp the urgency of what she's explaining. Yeah, I feel like if you had shifted. Here I go rewriting films. But if you if you edit it and and if and if you had shifted them swimming in the pool with them sleeping, that scene would have been way more impactful because then you already kind of have the backstory of why she's kind of like freaking out and and is really obsessed with the with the headmaster master of the of the school. And then you you follow it up with that's her right fucking there. You know what right, I mean? That, right. Probably would have translated a lot better for for us as audience to know I why it's important. Yes. I like the way that it's played, just because you don't know it's important until later. Because at that point, you got. But again, yeah, you're talking about misdirect. Yeah. You're talking about mystery film. Why you, you got to think at that point, you're you're getting some of the backstory of the of this witch, but also at the same time, you're questioning Sarah as like, yeah, but are you crazy? Because she's not coming out and saying like she's a witch or anything. Like she obviously knows that she's right. a witch at this point. Yes. But is not coming out and saying it, and it is kind of like, why is she so fucking crazy about it? this lady? Just has sleep apnea, <laughs> like it's not a big deal. People snore, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. you know, right, maybe right. she got a CPAP. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but <laughs> CPAP. <laughs> but like, it's it's just it's it, it, you don't it, you kind of do you brush it under the rug at that point. You're like, okay, like whatever. You know, they really like Revenge of the Nerds. They just stole the basketball court scene when the jocks kick him out of the dorm. You know, it's when was it? it when was it? <laughs> in the future, they, yeah. they predicted that they, they would make a movie like that. Retroactively stole the scene from Revenge of the Nerds. No, oh, would it, it be hilarious if, like, Revenge of the Nerds is like we were inspired by Suspiria yeah. and we wanted to do <laughs> it the first time? Ah, uh, yeah, possible. I'm sure visually, like, this movie inspired a lot of filmmakers. Oh, I. How could it not? Yeah. 
Man, I felt like I like to, to just kind of jump on the visual stuff a little bit too. Uh, I, I felt like I went to fucking film school with this movie, dude. Right? Yeah. Jesus Christ, man! It was just like it commands your attention. I was like, I didn't know. I don't know shit. <laughs> yeah, Honestly. just even the that. I mean, the most obvious thing is like the use of color in this film, and it's like insane. There's yeah. like there's there's. Moments where, you know, color plays a very prominent role in driving the audience's attention and mood and just what he's trying to get across. But there's even, like, subtle subtle moments that where you're just kind of like, I just think that was a creative choice, and God damn, does it work? My, the one that sticks out the most is when uh, Jessica Harper kills the lights in her bedroom, and then it just blasts green. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, to, to me, I'm like, well, I know the outside of this school is a lot of stained glass windows, so... Maybe it's just light projecting through one of the windows, but right. it, it just creates this really eerie, like mystery vibe to it. I was gonna say, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, that was my favorite shot in the movie when it, when Sarah's trying to wake her up in the bed, and it pulls out to the light bulb, and the light bulb goes out. Yeah, and then the fucking room color changes. I think that's the way it actually turns green is on yeah. that one, and then that's like, dude, that because it was so. Fu- I mean, just through the light bulb and how. Ah. Dude, badass. The, the 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 choreography, if you will, of the production it, it is so great. Like the timing of the lighting, because much like some of those shots in Creep Show, you know, they're live doing this, like mm-hmm. changing the colors as the camera moves in different positions, and everything has to hit just right, and the the actors have to hit just right. You know what I mean? It's all orchestrated so beautifully. Yeah. The one they pulled, I thought they pulled off really well, was actually when they're all downstairs in the in the doing their little camp out, and the light kick, kicks off in the red light, like it almost kicks on instantly. It's like right. such a seamless, and it, it's something stupid and simple, but like as a fan of film, you're watching it and you're like, "Fuck, that's like that that's choreographed really well." Yeah, it just feels like it flows so nicely. I, I mean, they use some kind of special processing, right, to get these colors as vibrant as they as they are. I mean, it's called the 4K restoration, Chris. I, I don't believe so, dude. This is '77. Yeah, kind of feel like no. They use some kind of like um, I mean, I, I, cell animation, like similar to what Disney used to do. Like, I feel like I, I mean, I, I I I'm not gonna maybe possibly deny the fact that maybe they did some kind of color correction that made the the color's more vibrant. Sure. But I think the the vast majority of this color is coming from, like, lighting. And, like, oh, certainly. Gobos and certainly. shit. <laughs> yes, lighting absolutely. And using no. a yeah. unique film stock. They, they shot it on, they shot it on a, a, a Technicolor camera right. that shot, like, three reels at the same time. And I think it, like, I don't know if it was different exposures or if it picked up on different, like, you know, tones or lighting that they were using, but it was, like, the last one in the UK. And they, they used it before they all got sent back to California, I guess mm-hmm. I was reading. And so this is a special camera that actually is used to uh, create this oversaturation of color, or mm. at least give you the ability to work with it. I mean, either way, it was fucking gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Well, what a great... I mean, just the the thing that I thought was really impressive with this film for me, too, was not only they used the technical stuff in a way to build most of the tension with, yeah. the, with the music, even the set design. Set the design, set design. Sound effects were really done. I never, done really I, well too. I was, sometimes, it's cool when you notice, like you're like, this set design was specifically built to build tension this way or this way. And it's cool when you're able to notice that in a film. Some films do it and you don't notice it. Oh man, speaking of set design, you just made something fire off my head that I remembered that I, that stuck out in this movie. Go ahead. Dude, uh, in a way to... This is that this was clearly done to make like Jessica Harper's character feel like inferior to the witches. 
they place the door handle like mm-hmm. almost like at eye level with her instead of in a traditional place. It's like the door handle's high, so she has to reach up, which makes this this entire door just seem so Im- imposing and, and massive. And it's like something something to really walk through. And you know what I mean? Like I love that they did that. It was a little thing that I noticed this time. I was like, that's fucking smart. Oh, so grandiose. You know, mm-hmm. everything. All the doors were huge, massive doors. And I think she's pretty small and she was wearing heels. You yeah. know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, just the proportions, the symmetry of these sets are beautiful. Like, and it did remind me of the Holy Mountain in certain ways. You know, like you you really use that that frame as a canvas. I do want to talk about one technical thing that kind of makes me chuckle every time I watch this movie because I don't think it works for well but that maybe i'm maybe you guys perceived it differently when she's first arrives at the airport and every time the door slides open yeah, it's super red it's like what it's super mean? red in the music like doo, 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 and that closes again like i'm like to this day i'm like what is that is it supposed to get you anxious because of the intensity yes. that they open and close i think so that's because that's what i started to, i instantly again movie opens like that and i'm thinking like what because you know the door opens and i think also like thunder goes off at the same yeah. time or she's gonna get chopped in it or and something. like or, and like this like wind in this crazy fucking wind mm-hmm. and i'm like what does this all mean and i feel like she is special from the that just kind of builds from the get-go like this girl is special for some reason i don't know why i get that element of it but i feel like told through the the visual and the, some of the aspects of it is like there's a that's the reason why they're drugging her is because she is something special either they don't know what it is so they don't want to get rid of her right away because it's like why wouldn't they if they suspected that she knew the shit right away fucking stab her in the neck and let's go <laughs> like you know what I mean like they've been they've already buried and and, and people just go that's missing thought, from the school all the time that's why I thought they saw something in her that they wanted to utilize yeah some, that's what I originally thought too I'm like why because why are they why else because I also thought for the longest time, I'm like, when are they, and especially with the sink scene, I was like, that wine's blood. The yeah, whole time, yeah, I'm yeah, saying that yeah. wine is blood. Obviously, she's drinking blood. She's drinking blood. And they never really say it, but I feel like they say it with the sink because oh, yeah. she can't get it out of the sink where I'm like, wine washes right out. No, I think, <laughs> I, I think I think it was wine and they were simply drugging her there so that she she would go sleep and that she wouldn't, you know, she wouldn't be in cahoots with the other girl. I think the reason they used stage blood for the wine, though, was just for the more visual impact of it. Interesting. So it wasn't supposed mm. to signal anything. It was just for I effect. I never got that. I, I never got I that. I only that thought was blood. Both. I only thought it because I the way it was on well, her hands all thick and I thought shit. It, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I thought it looked like blood, too, but I thought that was more so for, like, effect. I thought that's Maybe. also where the that this was going to go, too, with the mystery was that she was going to be some sort of sacrifice or something like that, and that's why they're drugging her and feeding her blood or something like that for this coven and some kind of power gain, but they never go that route I, with I, it. They're I, saying she didn't need her drink at all tonight, yeah. like, so they obviously have a plan. I definitely think there is that, yeah, I, I do agree that there is some kind of like chosen one vibe. Yeah, a um, Buffy vibe. Wh- whether or not I think, <laughs> yeah, like kind of. Yeah. But what I mean is like, yeah, I think they see something in her, but I also think that the, it's 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 also gauging her, right? Like, I'm think I imagine that students come in and out of that door all the time. Some of them they just say this person's not special, yeah, and she's gonna do we're gonna do the dance school thing and you know whatever. And I think that maybe some of them do come through and they're special, and they either I don't know maybe kill them or try to figure out what it is. I don't know. I I did I just got the impression that the way they looked at her was neither um 
they didn't know whether or not she was special in a good way or a bad way. Does yeah. that make any sense? Like maybe the, they make they're thinking like maybe we should keep her around because maybe she'll join the cut. Co- maybe she maybe yes. she had witch powers. Yes. She's yes. a witch. She, she would be know. the new witch, like the new black queen it or is. whatever. It's just this feeling of like she's chosen, but I don't know in what way. Um, yeah. Do you think the girl that was running out of there in the beginning had some kind of specialness or power, and that's why she yeah. discovered all of, like, just like Jessica Arbor, that's why she found herself no, in that I position? No, I think she just figured something I out. I think she just figured yeah. something out, too. Okay. Although, I do question also, like, the wood scene of her just, like, when they're driving, when she's driving off. Cool and, shot. Oh, my <laughs> God, just, the way the different the trees yeah. were lit differently. Oh, that's she's, so cool. She, she's just running through the woods. Yeah. I, I was always like, where, like where's this sorry. going? Mm-hmm. Where's this? I was, I was like, was like, where's this going? And I don't feel like, I don't what know. What do you mean? It's just her wild, just wildly going, running away. Yeah. Getting to her friend's house so she can be, oh God, well, horribly that's, executed. That scene, that scene serves the one purpose, which is so that, so that, uh, Susie can see her and be like, and connect the dots. What the hell's yeah. up with this girl? Yeah, but you bring it up later. You know what I mean? Like you, like, was the killer chasing her through the woods? Was the, I don't uh, think she was just trying to get away from the school? Was it like an yeah. Evil Dead situation where the fucking spirits just chasing her through the woods? Like who knows? I don't think so. I think know. it was just a cool shot yeah. <laughs> of her running Chris, through the woods. No, Chris, I said we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. You're right, but you know, but it is a cool shot nonetheless. It is. Yeah. A very cool we shot. can be sure of that. That fucking. I love that that taxi driver too. Like, where are you going? And she like says it three times. He's like, oh, I never. And then he, re- he repeats it. The Perfect, same way right. she fucking almost yeah. verbatim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I felt is that just bad comedy. Is that just like a? Yeah, I think thing? it was I supposed so. to be. Uh, yeah. I think they were. Yeah, they're just saying that she's mispronouncing it in his ears. Oh, gotcha. But okay. To my maybe, but, but to my American ears, it sounds the same. Yeah, I should say. <laughs> she if I was that. German, maybe I'd be like, he I don't seemed know. Like he about. knew what it was. Like he had some backstory on that. He place. probably didn't want to go there because. Well, that place. I mean, the, the only thing because I thought the same thing. Like he knew what it was, and but. You know, I think in the backstory that the 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 I don't even what that guy was was he a doctor or a historian I don't fucking know he's a psychologist or the something. psychologist the friend but the backstory was like that whole town like has always suspected that school to be of an evil place and stuff so I'm sure there's probably some like you know there's some old old lore that people hold on to that that place is evil. Are you talking about Doctor Frank Mandel? Is that who you're talking about? That Frank Mandel, the yeah. old, the old, the who old saw, German who saw Sarah for three years as his psychiatrist, and then thought it was very professional just to be her friend afterwards. <laughs> yeah, the one played yeah. by Udo Kier, right? Yeah, get it together, Udo. <laughs> well, everybody Can't has be. to fall in love with Udo. It's probably in his contract. That's probably true. <laughs> You're probably right. That, that's that's uh, by the way, that's another scene where I was just like, and cue badass doctor <laughs> for another giallo like yeah, theme. right. <laughs> He's like, no, he's not going to be a cop, right? He's going to be a badass doctor. Yeah. I was waiting for him to, to whip out his fucking thirty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's like, no, nah, let me get Professor Millis over here. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, I don't I really know that much. Here's another guy, dude. I like Professor Millis. It, uh, he was awesome. That guy got me. That guy got me all pulled in. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Magic. And he knew all the deep dark dude, secrets. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. Because he's the first one that really gives you a little bit of an answer. Yes. Yeah. Um, there is some. I mean. There's just so many weird scenes in this. Like the first hint that you get that there's something weird is the girl behind the, the sheet, mm-hmm. right? Which is a weird thing. Can I just add? It's like if there's one plot thing that I feel like this doesn't seem realistic. Like the worst thing that can happen is that they find that this woman is still alive, 
And they moved her and to the room. And they moved her to a room. I couldn't figure that with out a either. Sheet being the only thing. <laughs> I couldn't figure out why. Like I'm like I'm Just like pull well, it up. You I'm can like, be like there it is. The well, secret's fucking found. <laughs> Wait a minute. The students live on the top floor. The maggots are in the attic. They have to fumigate the top floor and the attic. She lives in the dungeon, four floors below all of that. Sometimes you just want to get close and like, smell the girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Bring me weird... close to Susie. Yeah. I must sniff her out. Smell the youth. But then you don't get much after that scene. No. And then and then now Udo Kier shows up with this other old guy yeah. who basically starts telling you all the things you want to hear. Like, oh, okay, so oh, it is it is witches. Yeah. That guy that's been screaming at me for the last yeah. forty-five yeah. minutes. There's some kind of There's queen a point to that. <laughs> I gotta give it up to uh, another going back to technical again, but I also gotta give it up to Goblin for the soundtrack on this. Goblin's sick, dude. Oh my god, it enhances this movie so like... much. <laughs> Builds tension so well. The mm-hmm. the theme of this movie is whoo. That will give you the willies just right there. I love the theme of this movie. I, like I said it earlier, I think it. I think it definitely is up there with the Exorcist theme. Uh, and, and this movie actually by reviewers or by critics are was compared to The Exorcist at the time. Like they thought it was like he was trying to do an Exorcist type thing. I don't know if that was because of the score specifically. Maybe it reminded them of that or what. I don't know. But, I don't think that. I mean, I think I think they're both iconic scores. Yeah. I don't know that I would agree that. Uh, I'm not saying that you're saying it, but that like. <laughs> The Exorcist song is anything like this song. No, in a it's weird true. Way. Maybe it gives it a vibe. Well, maybe it because gives it's it a, a mood. simple beat it's over a, and over and over a, again. Yeah, it's a simple little. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's Diddy. a. I think in the dubbing it said uh, lullaby, is what it called it. Yeah. Here's or a question. Or spooky lullaby. Yeah, I think is what it said. <laughs> so as the beat is going at different pitches, like at different. There's the the drum gets yes. The, well, as I the, think it's isn't there like breathing in the back? There is. Oh, no. totally. So here's the but question. There's breathing and whisperings. Is the breathing being like hit at a certain pitch, or is it sympathetic to the tune? Is it just some dude going like, <sighs> and like it just sounds like it's going up and down? No, I, th- I think that it is sympathetic to the tune itself. So it's being so played at it's, one it's level. It's rising and, low, and, yeah. and, and lowering to emphasize the tension of yes. the song itself. And also to build up to the witch. The drums, the drums do the same thing. The drums get louder as the tension in the scenes usually build. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, it's I, th- I love, I love how, I love how shocking the music is when it comes in. Like sometimes it irritates me when music comes in just like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And like in this movie, it worked because it, like, it made me jump because what little tension you were kind of getting from like the visuals, also, and that just like punctuated it. The one that sticks out the most is when they discover the maggots in the ceiling, you know? Yeah. I really admired even, like, the super subtle things they were doing. Like, like I could hear in my subwoofer, like, a very, very, like, low pulsating mm. sound in certain parts. Things you would never yeah. hear, like, on a v- off a VHS or through a T, you know, just mm-hmm. speakers in a TV, like... Mm-hmm. Like there's Chris over here is bragging about a subway. No, there's some insane yeah. layering going on in this film with the <laughs> my sound Bose design. System like, that I bought, I spent ten thousand dollars on my Bose unnerving system. shit. It's so funny because Kyle yelled at me and said, "Don't watch this movie on your phone." Yeah, and <laughs> I the thing I thought when I watched it was, "Don't watch this movie not in surround sound." Like honestly, yeah, I I, I, I have said I couldn't watch this in a better sound. You gotta system. watch it. But in what what sound. is what's funny about it is, and I don't know if it's uh, from the restoration they restore the audio, but like. I watch this movie at the normal level that I watch all my movies in my office, and like, 
Sammy was in was like in the house doing things, and she's like, "I feel like I should have watched this one. This movie sounds terrifying." <laughs> And I was yes. like, yes, that's fantastic. Thank you. It's so intense. <laughs> I realized how fucking loud everything was and yeah. how sharp it it's was. abrasive, like, yeah. in a lot of parts. Oh, yeah. Classic. Oh, it's, 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 it's a, again, a, a driving force of this movie where I think, again, the story is mostly told is, is the visual, the set design, and the music helped build tension so much. And the sets are so fucking huge and, like, grandiose and just... Regal is regal a way to describe it? Like, yes, regal. I, I would definitely yeah. say regal. Regal yet gothic, but regal, regal gothic. I like the exterior German. of the ballet. <laughs> oh, the exterior yeah. of the ballet is so cool. It's just like blood. It's painted blood red Dude. with like these weird gothic features. Who wants the fucking demon drain? Huh? Does anyone? Oh, else I know. Want I, was that? Watching, I was like, oh, that's yeah. that's fucking cool. <laughs> I want that coming down the side of my house for the for my gutters. Yeah, Google man. Suspiria demon drain. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure someone makes a repro. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I don't know, it's 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 great stuff, but let's take a break and when we come back we'll talk more about Suspiria. Enough Do you know what happened? Do you know? What is it? Your louse disgusting dog has bitten Albert. He took a piece out of Albert's arm. What? Did you all hear that? That miserable dog tried to mutilate a child. Madame Blanc had to rush Albert to a first aid center to have speeches put in. That's impossible. Let's go to the first aid center. Even if you can't see the blood, at least you can hear that poor child's crying. That's enough now! My dog's a peaceful, faithful animal. He's never hurt anyone. The boy must have done something to him first. And we're back. We're talking about Suspiria 1977. I want to get into the end a little bit because we're building all this tension throughout this whole movie. And like you, I'm expecting for an epic reveal. And I felt a little let down in the reveal. This is the point where I was like, this is 1977. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> no, and that's what I said, too, because I, I was expecting, like, some, like, we're going to go through this door. We're going to see some real fucking crazy shit. And it's just like a judge, like... The, the the second head lady sitting at a fucking sitting in a chair bitching while everybody's around her like pampering her yeah. while she's all pissed off like now the American knows great everyone you know like someone bring me a tea yeah, what the and, hell like, was she eating what was she eating so delicately I don't like know. a lady finger yeah right yeah no I, I and I'm with and and I was like well the the voice of the 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 black queen I thought was very creepy and cool but. The out st- the outline figure that kept appearing and the and invisible cloak, the invisible cloak, like that whole like I was like, oh, this feels a little dated, uh, a little bit. And not only just even, but even that I can forgive. I just felt like it wasn't a strong enough ending for how much tension and and, and like what it, what is it going to be? What is this big reveal going to be? And then it's kind of like murr, murr. they don't really show you that much of her honestly. Like they show you very intense close-ups of parts of her face and it's all kind of like burn looking like Mike said, but they but really stay away you know, from you her. Would, you you would hope you'd be walking in on like a sacrifice or they're doing something with the dead body of Sarah like, you know, like eating heart or some shit like I mean, she you know had- what I mean? <laughs> like you were hoping like you were walking into some heinous shit and it's just like a Manny Petty. I don't know, dude. And I don't know. At this point you did the, see a girl the, with her fucking needles in yeah, her. Yeah, at this point in the movie like, you know, I feel like I don't really know what to expect because the movie is just so Visually interesting. There's a lot of stuff that you think happens but doesn't happen. The kills, you know, they're spread out. But like, I didn't think I was going to walk into Black Mass, you know? Like, I was like, what's she going to discover? Like, 
the tension as she's walking through the hallway isn't as strong as in other parts of the film. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it actually is kind of played. It's played really uh, like pulled back, a little reserved on it, which is weird for your 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 again the your the what is essentially I, I would say the climax of the film, which is the reveal of this end, because that's this whole film is building to that. Well, my yeah. theory, my theory on it is like the 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 big reveal. I think the most shocking reveal, I guess I would say, is that the head mistress has the ability to be invisible. Which then is making me think back to all these other scenes, most most notably when um, she gets the light flash in her eyes and she initially gets sick. Now I'm sitting there thinking, like, has this headmistress been kind of, like, watching her? Is that why they're targeting her? It's, like, making me kind of think like that. Like, was she following her through the woods and that's who killed her on the roof because... The hand, the arms looked really all gangly and shit. Didn't look burned, but I was they like, looked like man arms to me. I've, I, I, I was rusty. Like, that's what that was like. The big reveal was like, oh shit, she's been cloaking herself this whole time, yeah. and she she's like one step ahead. Maybe that's where we're getting these these watching views of like them in the pool and stuff like that is from the witch's point of view. Yeah, no black, one the black uh, is, is it oh, invisible. That's not what we were talking about this whole time. <laughs> I literally thought that was like established that like no, it was I didn't her put that. that I didn't put that. This. I didn't put that together until well, Kyle no, kind of said that. That's I, what we were kind of talking about earlier. Like some of the some of the stalking is supernatural, and some of the stalking is actual people. Well, yeah, but that's why I asked. Like she's giving them the power to do this shit. I, I was I, what I was saying. What, what I was saying was that she was the actual one doing it. No, I I think there are moments where she's absolutely doing it, and I think there are moments where she sends her henchmen. Yeah, with for weird, sure. Uh, it's, a mi- it's a mixed bag of stocking. Yeah, I mean it's a coven. I think they all have. Yeah, they, they, have they, they all moments. they all coven together. They have my, their hunts. My yeah. question is: is you've had some girls there because obviously they say it, who are have been there for three years, right? Yeah. Is this is the headmistress always on a two week vacation? <laughs> like, <laughs> how how do they like you know what I mean? Like if you've been there for three years and you've never seen this lady, wouldn't you be like? Man, maybe that's where the mystery comic kind of comes in for Sarah's friend. I think it's Pat, the one that runs out the door and mm-hmm. says, "The secret is the iris." Um, like, there's got you know what I mean. Like, there's got to be like someone's got to catch on to that at some point. Like, man, this is the longest I, two week vacation like ever. Well, no, I don't think so because the like the way I would think of it is the way I would think of it as any other like. Yeah, like, but you would at least see the Grandmaster once in your three years there. Yeah, but they're specifically well. Obviously, this is given to us later in the third film. It's given to us that she's being hidden away because she's now burned and disfigured, and she wasn't before. She was supposed to be looking just like the other one. Okay, so she's walking around normal before. Got it. Unfortunately, we don't get that until 2007 when Dargento decides to complete his trilogy. But that I I think that's what you're supposed to get is that she was present before and not now because she's ugly and creepy looking. The biggest problem I think I have with the ending is that I was scared more during the film than I was at the end of the film, which is supposed yes. to be the climax. And but but one thing I will say that I liked was when she says, you know, what's behind that door is a hell you've never seen, blah, blah, blah. And then it opens and it's this it's Sarah. It's Sarah, and she's zombified, demified. I don't know what you would call like it. Puppet, puppet. She looks treat. crazy as fuck, and that's the scariest part of that. That scene. part is so <laughs> great. That's such a that that is my favorite part of the ending right there. It, it's done so well, and 
I I do like the even though it looks hokey. I do like as the lightning flashes. She she realizes she's still sitting there, and I also even like that they sell it even more by keeping a there's a depression in the bed where she's sitting. You know, as it cuts back, you can see the bed's dipping down where she's sitting. Like that's a real good attention to detail on the director's part. And I do want to say I think that uh, to me I think that the I think the silhouettes behind bed fr- uh, like those bed covered things. Whatever those things are called, uh, those bed sheets. Yeah, no. I mean, like the thing that covers oh, like your the, bed like and the, yeah, oh, the, yeah. the canopy. Yeah, yeah canopy. thank you very much. The canopy. I think that's a frightening ass thing. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, I thought that scene actually was more scary than even Sarah busting through the door. Mm. I thought like the suspense was built pretty well with that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yes, I I do think that when you when you see her finally, I think a little bit of a letdown. I mean, only because, but it's still 1977, exactly. and I think that's what we're I saying know, here is I like, know, well, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, I think they could have done a better job yeah. with it now. Yeah, they just but... like they rub mud on her. <laughs> I, I don't think it, I don't think it's as. I mean, it had a no, very I don't evil think it's that bad. Vibe. Yes, I thought no. that the it looked like Henrietta. No, yes, like I thought mud. the same thing. I, I thought it was on par with Henrietta that. Henrietta looks like mud. Come on. But I again, I think the suspense that was building up that of this like laying. You've only seen her laying down this whole time. Yeah. Well, you kind of see her stand up before, but like when she get like when she lifts up. Mm-hmm. That scares the shit out of me. What man. about when just stuff starts exploding around her? Yeah, you know, what, like that was dude, great. When the table shoots across the room, after she kills her, and the table shoots across the room, and I even do like the ending after she's done and she gets out of there, and just the place just sets on fire. But then I also thought, oh my god, all the poor innocent girls are they real. weren't none of them they were in there. They were on the show. Yeah, remember they, went to they the show. sent yeah. the 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 teachers sent them all to a show. Again, another setup of they got to get rid of this girl again. Well, wait, drunk. I'm so confused by that. I, I, have to I watch think that was the night they were going to kill yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's it was why they were upset she, that she didn't eat. Yeah, she was the only one to get invited. Yeah, to go. Yeah. So, and I do like that too. I like all the stuff moving around. I love the supernatural man. I love how she's just like so pissed off, but also amused that she thought this girl would be able to kill her. Mm-hmm. You know, kill the the black witch or whatever the hell her name was, whatever she was going with, but. Yeah. I don't know if it was a 70s thing, but endings like this seem to be, you know, a thing like where like I actually was left wanting more. Like, I feel like I I, I forgot that it ended just with her running off and the place burning down is done and credits start rolling. Like, I was like, oh, isn't there more after this? Very like, Western way to end the film. I on, felt like I, I feel like I've seen Westerns in that on way. On this watch through, I'll agree with that. I it was left with a feeling like, oh, man, I kind of want. I want. I want to see what happens next. Where'd she go? Like yeah. you know. I mean, it, it I never mean, really bothered me before, but this time there, I was like, mm. probably home, Chris. Probably back to America where like, this doesn't happen. Straight to the airport where that door <laughs> killed her on the way out. Back to, so, right like, back to JFK. I'll agree with you, Chris. I think that this is like a more of a modern thing. I don't necessarily feel like. I think it's something we're more accustomed to now. That they got to put a hat on everything. That's true. And. I don't think it needs that because what what is it bringing? Like it's true. Yeah. Oh, I just want to know what happens to Susie. Well, you're gonna find it's out true. in a few weeks. Yeah. I feel weeks. like instinctually I wanted to, but I don't necessarily need to. Yeah, yeah, but like I say, I understand. I feel like it's a comforting thing to audiences now because they yeah. would they just want to know. But like, really, all it is is like like it's only like a few days afterwards. Yeah. But it, it's to reestablish something that I feel like we all know. Like she got out of there, right? And all the witches were got burned. She did her job. Like yeah, yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you nailed it. I think it is a comforting thing for she, audiences nowadays. And 
No, go ahead, Cody. No, I was just going to make the joke that she. what happens is she leaves the school, she runs out, and she jumps in the back of a pickup truck, and then a man runs out of the woods with a chainsaw. <laughs> oh, my God. And she screams. <laughs> she gets off of a bus, and it leaves her behind. And, and she, yeah, she... A head gets chopped off, falls yeah. in the, the river. And she smashed through glass. Wait, is that phenomenon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thrown off a waterfall. <laughs> What do you say we rate this Mammer Jammer? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. All right, what are we rating this Mammer Jammer? Uh, we're going to rate this one Peacocks. Peacocks, very important. <laughs> very important that we're going to rate this Peacocks. All right, uh, let's start with let's start with uh, Chris. Okay. I'm going to go Chris, and then me. Dude, super exciting to watch this movie restored, and it is beautiful. Like, you know, all the rumors are true. Uh, it looks fantastic. It looks... Uh, you know, fantastical in a sense. Like the, how fantastic is it? Super fantastic. <laughs> no, I mean like fantasy. It has a fantasy vibe. It has a very supernatural vibe. Like the colors really shine. You know, like in this, it's an art piece. We've said it in this in this episode several times. It's beautiful sets, beautiful lighting. You know, the lighting is often championed for this film, and and yeah, rightfully so. Um. It was really fun to go back and like check out the story and really try to absorb it. I learned things I feel like that I didn't know talking to you guys, so that made it actually even more fun. And I think I walked away from that liking the film even more when than when I came in. Um, I'm going with a four and a half on this. I I, I do think uh, there are a few areas that have pacing issues for me where it kind of slows down, and I'm kind of like okay, like you know, or or the scene is playing out maybe a little too long, and that just might be being accustomed, you know, to faster, uh, film editing, but Goddamn like MTV generation, I mean, you know, so, but, but typically this stuff doesn't bother me, you know what I mean? But I did notice in some of these, like some of the cuts were a little long or a little, you know, but you know, four and a half, this movie is really a masterpiece. Um, anybody should see it that loves horror that, you know, is getting into Dario Argento. It's beautiful. Um, you know, it's definitely, I think it's up there with one of the most beautiful films, you know, especially horror films. So four and a half for me. I'm going next, Kyle. Good job, Cody. I am going to say it's my first time watch for it. I'm uh, glad I waited, honestly. I think uh, this probably would have been wasted on a younger Cody and not really uh, appreciated it for what it is. Again, I agree. This is a masterpiece, and I'm right there with you. This is a 4.5. As far as a horror film goes, like, I mean... That's what I said. I, I'm almost like I feel like with the with the rebank being made, I, I want to be like, good luck. <laughs> like you're not gonna you're not gonna get it. Like I just I don't know. This is this film is so unique and it's it's to me at least. I, uh, and I don't know the genre very well to be honest. If this is a giallo film, it falls into that uh, category. I you know I don't know. Um, and if it doesn't, like, do I rate it in that kind of aspect of it? But I think just as a standalone film, like this is something special. Again, like I said, I felt like I went through film school watching this. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, 4.5 for me also. Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really happy we finally got to uh, to, to, to reviewing this movie. I, I know, you know, Mike and myself have mentioned it over and multiple times in the show, just talking to each other about, about like, movies to pick. And I don't know why it took so long because there was so much outcry. Um I'm glad, Cody. I'm glad you you appreciated and you got to see it for the first time. And I got to experience your kind of your feedback from seeing it for the first time. This movie is like you guys have both already said. 
It is a gorgeous movie. I like this movie for every aspect of it. I love the technical side of it. I like the story. You know, I didn't really have as much issue with pacing. I do recall while I was watching this movie, I do recall I paused it to, to run and grab a drink really quick. And I remember thinking to myself like, man, I wonder how much more is left of this movie. And there was 10 minutes left. And I was like, holy shit, I've been sitting here for that long already? Like, like it kind of flew by for me, which... Which is great because the first time I watched it, it did. It was kind of a, it was a drag for me. But I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was into at that time. So you know what I mean. Like you appreciate it, appreciate the film now. The older, older that I am, I'm having a hard time fucking. It's true. No, no, today. no. That's true. <laughs> he's, you're te- he's tearing up a little bit. I'm getting, so, yeah, <laughs> getting a little him, emotional uh... here. Um, yeah, the. I think the acting is fantastic. I love Jessica Harper. Um, I love the lore that is created. Unfortunately, it's kind of created, you know, the second film in it isn't as good, but I do love films that have some sort of a lore or a bigger story that you find out. And I, I know I brought up earlier, maybe it would have been better if they shifted things around, but you brought up a good point. You said you loved it that way because it helped drive the mystery. And now thinking about it, I was like, yeah, of course. Like, if I had that at the front end, this wouldn't be a mystery. It'd be solved. Like halfway through the film, so where's the fun in that? So, um, of Dario, it's not my favorite of Dario Gento's films. I still love Tenebrae a little bit more, um, but this movie is still a five for me. So, five peacocks, five peacocks. I'm glad you, uh, real quick, before we get into mics, because I don't want to talk over mics like I did Chris's. Uh, one thing we didn't bring up, and I would say, because you know, again, not, not the most familiar person with Italian films or foreign films in general, uh, but. As far as acting goes, one of the better Italian films I can remember for acting, where I wasn't like bugged by the dubbing and or the acting in it, I was like, oh wow, everyone's like on a level playing field. Didn't see like anybody was one person was way overacting and one person was way underacting or anything like that. They all it's very nice. I thought they were all rough. owning owning the characters they were supposed very, yeah, to be. Very well. All right, Mike. Now it's your turn. Sorry. Okay, so I, in a weird way, I almost want to give this two ratings. Because oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm not. Okay. Um, but so for me personally, it's a five. Yeah. Right. But there's a part of me that also like I'm docking at half a star mm-hmm. because this has always kind of come off as a movie for me that it's not as beloved as people say it is. And I, what I mean by that is I think that it's if if I was watching this film in a vacuum and somebody said, would you recommend this film to somebody? Mm-hmm. I would say um, I think. Some people will love it and some people will hate it. Sure. Now, if you ask any horror fan, they're going to say, it's, oh, fucking Suspiria. Oh, yeah, one of the greats. But can I be honest with you? I feel like the way it progresses, the visualization of it all, um, the, st- the over-stylized part of it, I think there's a lot of horror fans out there that are lying their asses off. I like, can't be bothered with it. Whoa. Like, they, they, they don't, like, really love this film. Right? Like, there, there are they parts. They love the director. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I would put it. It, it. There's just a part of me that feels like. I mean, there's some. I feel like there's some movies that it's just like no. if you're into horror, then you better say you like this movie. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, but yeah, I also think that attitude that. is yeah. the reason why horror fans say, "Yeah, I fucking love Suspiria," but in reality, they're like, oh, "Fucking watch I, that film. Slow that as fuck." I can, <laughs> like, I can, no, be, I can be honest. Like to back Mike up on this, I feel like you do have different kind of horror. Like you have your 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 people who are mostly like me. Like I don't want to say mostly like me. I'm sorry. That are like me, who are more of like the slasher fan. Where I, it's like, if you if you ask me, are you gonna want to watch uh, Cody? Would you rather watch like a fucking artistic horror film or fucking Freddy? I'm Freddy, you know, ninety percent right. of the fucking time. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably why it took me so long to actually see this movie. Yeah. Because, again, when anyone talks about it, it's like, you just got to see it's the greatest movie ever. But no, and at that point, you're like, okay, there's some artsy-fartsy shit with this. I mean, you've argued that you like to have fun when you watch movies. movies and, yeah. and art films are typically not fun unless you are like get excited by and, the artistic and, value and this, of it. And that's what I'm saying. This film is not a fun film. Yeah. Like, it's not fun like a like a Nightmare on... Like a romp or anything. Or, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess a Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. Yeah. It's not like a fun thing. There's no... Nothing's tongue-in-cheek really about it. Um, it's very moody. It's very like, it's very moody, right? It's very yeah. artistic, and so much of the story is told through like cinematography. Yeah, that I feel like. You're yeah, the... I mean, <laughs> it feels like more like almost like an art film than it does a horror film to me. So, which is why I don't buy that this is such a crowd pleaser. It definitely feels, <laughs> but it also feels like uh, one of the new favorite genres that's out right now, which is like Chris despises. I think uh, is <laughs> the mystery horror. No, like the, the new, like the new I don't cut despise drama it. horror. I don't no, despise like the it. new horror that's out right now. With like the artsy horror that's yeah, out like now. A twenty four stuff. Yeah, like the, yeah, like it's definitely a precursor. I think to a lot of the stuff that's coming out now, like that. Well, it's like, just a style um, of horror film that. Yeah, I think I think comes and goes. I think they're conjuring that style in what they're trying to do, or with some, yes. a lot of what you're seeing is is is. Probably taking from like the '70s pace, the '70s you know themes like that. Of were building the tension, and it's more horror. it's more of a, a internal thing rather than a physical being or like a Jason or Fred. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like less yeah. slapsticky. It's the long it's it's the long game in terms of the payoff that you're yes. going for, right? And I think that's definitely what this film was trying to like. Definitely, achieve. the only half star I'm docking on it is because I, I I truly believe in the back of my mind that um, this is not. Uh, Something it, it's not a crowd pleaser. It's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, even though it's considered one of the most beloved horror films of all time. That's exactly I how a, I feel about Nightmare Before Christmas. I have a que- <laughs> I have a I have a question though. Why are you docking it for that reason? This is your personal. That's what I mean. Review. Well, because I feel like there's a part of me that's the objective. Like, am I reviewing this objectively with the idea? Uh, you know, it, you know, it, it, is it going to be something that I would have like appealed to everybody? Or is it my personal like? It should be your personal opinion. Really? On the film. Because if that's the case, then like I should give something five stars because you know I just really we re- like Super Mario. I, re- I did we it re- in Congo. <laughs> he did. <laughs> it in Congo. We remove. We review movies on based on our own personal experience with the film that time and and. Oh, what I'm saying, like if I gave Super I Mario Brothers re- a five. Because I was just like, yeah, but I just love. I mean, I just, you, you sounds like you're at a four and a half. You want a prime, you want like you want a prime example. I mean, if I wanted to do like based stuff on how it affects the populace, like then I wouldn't have given Repo Man a one. It's okay. You don't have to Here's, give this a five. You, like this movie no, doesn't need make a five. Sh- I just yeah. I mean, if he's gonna own a four and a half, he should own a four and a half. He's owning a four and a half. No, I you're saying if he was going to personally rate it, he would personally rate it. I would five. personally, yes. But this is your personal forum is, to rate a what movie. What I'm saying is, it's my <laughs> type. It's my type of film. Okay. Yeah. So, and a lot of times when I get in arguments about, you know, so uh, an audience score would right. be, but like, Man Bites Dog is my, a, a type of film of mine. I think you rated I think that right. Gave that one a five, and yeah. I and I did. I think yes. I think at least close yeah. to a four and a half. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is like. If somebody came up to me and they said, yeah, man, I don't like that film, I would totally understand why. And I feel like this film never gets, I've never heard anyone say anything negative about this film, but I don't understand why no one has. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also one of those ones, too, like I said, but when you people- didn't say anything negative about it. <laughs> because, because, I, because I know my type of film. Yeah. Like, Holy Mountain, me and Chris liked that film. I knew that Chris was going to like that film, and I feel like, and uh, there was just a recent film where somebody, I gave it a good review, and I think it was Pink Flamingos. 
and Cody snapped around and said, <laughs> I knew you were going to give it a high review. I knew you were going to fucking do that. Yeah, I didn't because know that. Because people know my type of film. Yeah, I knew it. So what I'm saying is, is just like, I don't, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, I guess I'm, I, don't think, I understand. Am I rating it because what you, it's what I, I, okay. I like? No, but the thing that I'm having yes. trouble is your what, enjoyment of the film is five stars. What's but not, what, what, why are you knocking half a point off of your review is what I'm trying to understand. I know. I guess I'm trying to be objective. Is there something about it that you don't like? No, there's nothing about then it that I don't five. like. Then it's a five. It's a fucking five. That's the bird. It's a five. I think what you don't. That was the longest fucking wait, review to get no, to no. a five. I think, I ever think what, in the history of I don't think what he's saying is, and we can cut this out if we want but I, I think it's kind of the same the same way again I feel about Nightmare Before Christmas there's an air of snootiness to it when it comes from the fans where you're like I know all you motherfuckers don't like Nightmare Before Christmas you're just pretending you like Nightmare yeah. Before Christmas because you think it's cool I, 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 I got that vibe I remember in high school when suddenly everyone was wearing Night Before Christmas shit and it's like this movie came out like Fucking four years, five years ago. Where were you guys then? Yeah. Now suddenly it's like, oh, this is so cool. Look at me. It's just like, you uh-huh. never even mentioned you know that movie. It's a, yeah, cute Hot goth. Get out of here with it up, And then it just took off again. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Mike, vote rate, rate from the heart. It's okay, what we've been I, doing then, for then, three years. Fine, it's a five. You're a fiver. Yeah. You're a fiver. I'm at a, oh, the only reason I'm at a 4.5 and not a five for me is because I don't know what's next. Because again, like I don't know the genre well enough. And like you said, Tenebrae's next. Yeah, or, or Argento's work well enough to where he's like, oh, but I like Tenebrae better. Well, like, okay, well, now I got to see Tenebrae. Well, I'm really looking forward see, to that. Like, if that's better than this one, then, I'll say then, I, I've never seen Tenebrae. You know, so I'm really actually really thrilled to, to finally see it. That's our show for this week, guys. But before we go, we do have a review to read. Ooh, can I read it to say? Yeah, go yeah, yeah sure. pull it up. Rock and roll, dude. Yeah, we do have a review. We have, uh, this one's coming from XMonkey76. Title of review says, Cheers to Cult Film and Review. Five-star review. And Monkey says, The Cult Film and Review podcast is a really fun podcast. I really like the unique perspectives that each reviewer brings to the table. They have made me consider new ideas on movies I love that I never thought about all the way up to the recent The Thing review. I also am happy they are expanding to YouTube. Yes, we are. Cody's list of family-friendly horror movies actually included films I would watch with my family rather than just the usual top ten picks you see. Thank you all for keeping the cult alive. Cody, did you write this review? I did not write this (laughs) review. I did not. Monkey, uh, X-Monkey? X-Monkey 76. I'm glad they quit. I feel like it was a keeping the cult alive. (laughs) Well, they quit. What a great review, though. Uh, thank you very much, X Monkey. Remember, guys, if you want to get a shout out at the end of the show, uh, do us a favor. Head over to iTunes, leave us a review, and like I said, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. You certainly will. Yeah. So uh, thank you for for listening. Oh, and I did want to bring something up. Oh, bring it up. Next week is going to be uh, pick number five, which is the fan pick. Yep. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be yet, but if you want to get your picks submitted to us, go to coldfilmreview.com and click the request a review button. There you go. Put in your request. Tell us why. It, it asks you questions like, why did you want to choose this film? Or why should we review it? And you get to pick what we review it. Yeah, it's, you get to. It's just like being on the show. You can be the fifth member for a day. Except we can control what you say yeah. by <laughs> only filtering it through our voices. <laughs> yeah, so do that. Also, make sure you follow us on social media on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram at Colt Film and Review. You can follow us on Twitter at Colt Film underscore Review. You can follow Kyle at... You can follow me on Instagram at Colt Film underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at... 
cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow my guy at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, guys, if you're going to join a cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time. <laughs>